Hey everyone, this is Adam Ellenboss from Nightlight Astrology, and today Pluto is entering the sign of Aquarius. And so of course we have to do one more video talking about this transit because I think this is one of the biggest transits of really of my entire career because we haven't and we don't see the outer planets change signs all that often. And, and I certainly haven't seen it a lot since I began my career in 2010. Um, so, uh, you know, for me, this is like, it's a really fun week to just be focusing on one planetary archetype from so many different angles. Today, I want to show you something uh, from the chart of Bob Dylan and a famous event in Bob Dylan's life and how I think it illustrates some of what we can also look forward to while Pluto is in Aquarius, which might seem like a strange connection because Pluto was not in Aquarius when this happened for Bob Dylan. But still, it was an event that I think shares a lot in common with what Pluto in Aquarius is all about. So that is what we are going to do today. Uh, as we, as always, before we get into it, don't forget to smash the like button and uh, share your comments because that really helps uh, the channel to grow and for uh, my work to find its way out into the world, which I really super appreciate. Uh, transcripts of any of these daily talks can be found on the website nightlightastrology.com. If you have a story, of course, use the hashtag grabbed or email us that story grabbed at nightlightastrology.com. Uh, we're putting together transit stories uh, every day. I have um, one of my employees who actually gathers all the stories from the comment section and aggregates them into like a spreadsheet. So um, it really helps when you guys use that hashtag grab because that's how she identifies, oh, you're sharing a story that we can use for the, for the grabbed episodes. Anyway, this week we are also in the midst of promoting um, a flash sale on all of my online courses. So you have a week to save and we have rebooted the uh, class prices from the Kickstarter campaign. So uh, you can go over to the website, which is nightlightastrology.com. Click on the courses page. We have the first year course coming up in June. Second year course and horary course all start in June. First year course also starts every November. So it's twice yearly. You can enter, you can buy it now and enter either of those programs or even save it for a year if you want to. It's good anytime. Uh, you could also buy a two or four class pass. You can find the link to those in the comments section of this post or the description of this video. If you'd like to bundle and save even more, you can get two classes at an even greater discount or four classes at the best discount that we offer. Um, and that um, four class pass we developed as a sale during the Kickstarter after hitting 50,000 subscribers on the channel. So it's kind of fun to rerun that for a week here. Uh, you'll go to the bottom of any of the course pages under the course tab and you'll see that one payment flash sale, which takes a big chunk off from our usual early bird rate. So it uh, knocks the price down, save about $400, uh, which is a really good deal and savings on all the other programs too. Uh, you can pick up programs for, if you wanna pick up masterclass series or roots and spheres or readings and passages for uh, all of which start in January every year, you could join and catch up or you could um, pick up those classes for next year if you know you'd like to take them and save some money in the meantime. Well, anyway, if you have any questions about the sale or any of our classes, email us info at nightlightastrology.com. Okay, so I want to, first of all, show you why I decided to look at Bob Dylan's chart today and talk about a famous event in his life. Um, in order to do that, I want to illustrate what's happening in the sky and why this is so important. So first of all, you can see that here uh, we have, you know what, I did this thing. Got to reshare the screen in the right format. <clears throat> so let's do it like this. There we go. So you'll see that Pluto has, um, oh, you know, well, my pen is just deciding that it's not going to work, which, you know, strangely just seems to happen sometimes. Well, anyway, you can see Pluto having entered the sign of Aquarius. And um, what happens is uh, as Pluto enters Aquarius, you'll notice that on 
the day of, that's today, March 23rd, that the moon has also entered Taurus. And even though Uranus and Pluto are not going to make an exact degree base square to one another, I think it is very important to notice what is happening around the exact same time that Pluto enters Aquarius because it gives you a feeling for, it's like a new moon. Pluto entering the zero degree marker of a sign is like a new moon. What will this Pluto cycle be like? And you can get a feeling for that based on the other astrological energies uh, present in the sky at the same time. So we have the moon exalted in Taurus with Venus in Taurus coming into a conjunction with Uranus in Taurus. And for a good portion of these first years, all the way until 2025 and six, as Pluto is working its way into the sign of Aquarius, it will have a whole sign square to Uranus and Taurus, which means that the two will be beholding one another or witnessing one another through the, um, through the whole sign square. For ancient astrologers, whole sign aspects were just as valid as degree-based aspects. So in other words, even though Uranus and Pluto will not make a degree-based square, they already did that when they were in uh, Capricorn and Aries, they will still be configured to one another in a square, which means that at least for the next couple of years, there's a little bit of a Uranus-Pluto vibe in the air. And you could, by extension, say that there's a little bit of a Venus-Uranus-Pluto vibe because Uranus is in the sign of Venus. And as Pluto is first entering Aquarius for the very first time, Venus is coming together with Uranus in her home sign of Taurus while the moon is also in Taurus. Isn't that interesting? So I was looking at that and just thinking, considering that signature and thinking, you know, this is one of the few angles that I haven't really thought of. I haven't really considered what it might mean that Pluto in Aquarius is also for the first couple of years having that whole sign relationship to Uranus in Venus's sign. So with that in mind, what I want to do next is show you uh, some things that were going on in, um, in Bob Dylan's chart at a time in his life where he had some super, what, what should I call them? Uh, he had some some super interesting transits going on at a really pivotal time in his, um, you could say his like professional development. So uh, let me just get this chart up. Oh, you know what? Shoot, my I had it all set and then somehow it disappeared. I'm having issues with my technology a little bit today. Okay, so um, let me just, I have to backtrack this chart a minute because I had the transit all pulled up and then suddenly it went away. Anyway, um, this chart is for a date in 1965. And some of you, by the title of this, can probably know exactly where I am going. So it was in July, and it was July 25th of 1965. And now I'm going to pull the chart up and show it to you. All right, here we go. Now let's see. Will, no, you know, my... Um, it's funny that my my pen is like suddenly not working. Uh, let's see here. Nope, not working at all. All right. Well, um, I will. I'm going to just go ahead and and describe instead of using my pen. I'm going to describe uh, what I'm seeing. Actually, let me try one more thing, just in case I'm. Um, let's try this. Yeah, there we go. Now, okay. So this is July twenty fifth of 1965. And no, my pen is still not going to work. So, all right. So on this day, the, the, in the chart that you're looking at, this is Bob Dylan's birth chart. He was born in Minnesota, by the way, and uh, pride of one of the prides of Minnesota, along with Prince. Um, on this date in July 25th, 1965, you can see the outer wheel uh, represents the transits that were in the sky contacting his natal chart. 
And on this day, Bob Dylan went electric at the Newport Folk Festival, performing a rock and roll set publicly for the very first time, while a chorus of shouts and boos rained down on him from a dismayed audience. Uh, this is interesting because it, it was five days after releasing his game-changing single, Like a Rolling Stone, that Dylan took the stage, plugged into an amplifier, and turned the world, or at least his folk-loyal audience, on its head. And I like that description of turning them on their head as he decided to strike out and do something very unconventional in terms of his uh, development and, and career as an artist. He was, uh, you know, acoustic. He was an acoustic folk singer. You know what I mean? So for him, this was a major moment and one that marked a significant turn in his career that would eventually um, really catapult him into even further fame and, and success as an artist and notoriety. Um, but at first it was received in a way that was pretty you know, shocking. Uh, it was received, um, you know, uh, negatively, actually. So I think that that is... Um, you know, that's that's really interesting. Now, what you can see in his chart that I find super interesting, and I have to point it out because I apologize that my pen isn't working and I have really, I have no idea what, like why, so my bad, but you can see in his chart up here that um, you have the uh, Uranus is in the sign of uh, Virgo conjoining Pluto. So this was one of the great kind of culturally it was like an iconic moment for the Uranus-Pluto transit. Uh, the, the, these years in the middle of the 60s, when some of the greatest cultural uh, upheavals were happening, political upheavals and so on. But th this contact between Uranus and Pluto was in an exact square with Dylan's natal Venus. I'm trying to highlight it with my cursor over here. So that the Pluto-Uranus dynamic was hitting Venus. So here you have the combination of Uranus, Pluto, and Venus that I just explained will be active for the next couple of years. Now it's active by proxy. Uranus is in Venus's sign. Pluto is in a whole sign square with Uranus in uh, Venus's sign. They're not making exact contact by degree. So I'm not suggesting that, you know, that the contact is so supremely strong that it, it, that we should talk about Pluto entering Aquarius like we would a Uranus-Pluto square. Like they, they are different. But the, the fact that there is that we're, that the two planets are entering into a square conversation with one another and that there's a kind of Venusian theme in the midst of this is really striking to me. It's striking to me that as Pluto's entering Aquarius for the first time, not only are those two planets getting configured again by the whole sign square, but Venus is actually conjoining Uranus and the moon will be entering Taurus on that day as well. So to me, like I have to pay attention to some of those synchronicities. And then I just thought of this uh, image. This actually, someone brought this up to me recently and then it occurred to me to look at what was going on. Looking at what was going on led me to thinking about... Um, Pluto's entrance into Aquarius, uh, given the rest of everything in the sky. So I, I, I think this is really fascinating. The other thing that was happening in his life at that time is, by the way, uh, Saturn was in the sign of Pisces. In the middle of the 60s, this moment of going electric also featured Saturn and Pisces squaring his natal Venus. So some there's some echoes of the mid-60s with Uranus and Pluto being configured to one another much more intensely in the 60s than they are right now, right? Of course. But but Saturn is in Pisces at the same time as well. So I find that all to be super fascinating. It's also interesting to me that the sun was literally uh, conjoining his natal Pluto on that day. It's an interesting 
uh, appearance, another kind of Plutonian, it was like a Plutonian eruption of some kind. That's fascinating. Um, so I'll just leave it at that. I'll leave it at saying that there's something about Uranus, Pluto, Venus, uh, maybe even a little Saturn in Pisces that seems to uh, be the, the, some of those same themes are present now and they're echoed in this very particular moment in Bob Dylan's life where he goes electric. So the reason that I connect that to Aquarius, I've mentioned now um, in terms of the astrology, you know, we have Pluto in Aquarius for the first couple of years will now be in the whole sign square with Uranus and Taurus. And so there's a bit of a Uranus-Pluto dynamic in the sky. So as I was thinking about that, I was thinking, gosh, you know, these first couple of years, I think we should, we could think about what's going on in terms of the metaphor of going electric. So I wanted to talk about five different ways that we might go electric in these first couple of years, say between 2023 and say 2025 or 2026, you still get the, the, when, when these two planets are configured to one another. And by the way, in 2026, then Uranus and Pluto will be in a trine to one another once Uranus enters Gemini, which is also very interesting that we have this Uranus-Pluto dynamic moving from square eventually to trine, at which point it will be perfecting by degree. But anyway, so how can we go electric? Maybe even thinking that you know this going electric doesn't fully happen until the trines between Uranus and Gemini and Pluto in Aquarius like later in the decade. But if we're gradually going electric, then what does that look like? There's five things that I think we can keep in mind if we are going to be going electric. One is that going electric means letting go of what other people think about you. It doesn't mean that you um, disregard people or disrespect people. It means that in order to evolve in the next four or five years here uh, with this uh, Pluto-Uranus um, dynamic slowly working their way together uh, is that we have to, there's a certain level at which we have to go in order to grow or evolve in the way that I want to, there's going to be some people that don't understand or don't like it that boo, no boo, you know, like they don't like, but I have to, I, I, for the, I mean, do you think Bob Dylan sat there and was like, well, some of these folk people might not be happy. No, he clearly was like, I'm going electric and some people aren't going to like it. Maybe they'll even boo. Well, good thing he did. You know, it doesn't mean that he had to completely discard his past either. So some people think like you either hold on to everything the way that it is, or you move forward and forget everything that was. And that's a false dichotomy. But you do have to, in order to evolve, at some point you may have to let go of what other people think. This is what going electric means. Number two, experimenting and trying on something new. You can't go electric without experimenting and exploring and doing things differently. Now that, in order to do that, you probably have to let go of what other people think on some level. But it comes with, you can't just say, well, I don't care what people think. Uh, that has to be coupled with taking some creative risks that they go together. It's not just like, I'm going to do totally self-centered, you know, frivolous things because I just don't care what other people think. But this is, this transit is at its best when I don't care what other people think is coupled with, I have to move in, a, in brave, new, interesting directions and experiment and explore and take some healthy risks. Number three, releasing expectations of ourselves. I ought to be like this, or I ought to be like that, or I don't really, I'm not really that type of person who does this or that, or, well, what, you know, I might let people down, or it goes along with letting go of what other people think is, you know, letting go of what we think of ourselves at times. That's not always easy to do, especially when we don't know what will come and if we'll look foolish or we'll fail, or um, it'll turn out that, you know, we had some stupid idea that, you know, it just doesn't work out. We have to release the expectation of being perfect or getting it right or knowing exactly what's going to happen or, well, doing this or that doesn't fit the 
character mold of, of who I think I am in my head. So there's some level at which going electric means releasing expectations of ourselves. Um, it, you, it, releasing expectations of ourselves, letting go of what other people think, experimenting and trying on something new. This is progressively where the, the Uranus-Pluto dynamic is taking us because eventually these two planets that start off in a bit of a tension move into a trine. And I think that there's something about Pluto Uranus, that it's it's about bringing forth powers from the unconscious that also liberate and break us free from various conventions. Number four is asking what the daimon wants. The daimon is like, it's, it's like asking what is trying to come forth, what wants to come through me, rather than saying, what should I make or what should I create? And thinking of the control being in our own hands. So for example, when it comes to nightlight, you know, my, my uh, astrology programs and my offerings and my readings. One of the things that I've always done since the beginning, and I think it comes probably from being a creative writer, is I sit down and I say, like, what does the company want to become? Well, you know, you know, try to treat it like it's its own plant that's that's growing and flourishing. Um, it has a mind of its own. It has a life of its own. I'm just here to serve it. In some ways, that's what our daimon is. It's a spirit guide that says, there's a life that I want to bring you into, but you have to be like a midwife of the life that you're here to live rather than the controller of it. And so part of, you know, the gradual tension and then trine of Uranus and Pluto in these upcoming years and going electric, I think it means asking, well, what does the daimon want to do with my life? You know, what is... There's some larger process within me that I'm that I'm serving. What does it want? And even just having that conversation or asking that question can open us up to um, avenues of creativity that we haven't explored before. And finally, number five is leaning into our edges. Leaning into our edges means looking at the things that scare us or that we're afraid of, that we don't think we can do, or that we would feel we would be totally misunderstood, or um, you know, but. Like Bob Dylan at one point had to look at himself and say, I want to play some, I want to play a Fender Stratocaster, you know, like I want to, I want to jam, I want to rock, I want an amplifier, I want to hit that metal. Well, that was an edge for someone who had identified, I'm sure, as mostly a, you know, folk acoustic playing, you know, he's got it's like a Martin guitar or whatever it is, and he's, he's playing acoustic. The electric is the edge that he had to press into. We all have edges that we, oftentimes don't press far enough into because we're afraid of them or we feel like we'll be misunderstood or it won't work or something. So we have to not care so much what other people think. If we want to go electric, we have to experiment and try on new things, release expectations of ourselves, ask what the daimon wants and lean into our edges. I hope that today is uh, just a fun um, pep talk for you as Pluto enters Aquarius. You know, this missing factor is Uranus. Uranus and Pluto are now in a square. It, it may not be by degree, and people, so people may neglect seeing it. But ancient astrologers said as soon as they're configured by sign, by whole sign houses, they're configured, and the, the energies start working together. And then, you know, 2026, 7, 8, we get Uranus into Gemini, starts working into the trine with Pluto and Aquarius. So Uranus and Pluto are going to kind of make us go electric. So I hope that these uh, these little thoughts about how, how we can go electric, how we can participate in that process have been useful for you today. And I hope that you're enjoying a, a great uh, start to Pluto's um, entrance into the sign of Aquarius. That's it for now. And we will see you again tomorrow. Tomorrow, we're going to start previewing Mars's entrance into Cancer, by the way, after a very long stint in Gemini. So uh, see you again soon. Bye, everyone.